0: Yes, sir. Welcome to the Road to Damascus, where it's not about the road, it's about the journey. And I want to thank you all for listening to another episode of Road to Damascus. I'm your host, Brock Hendricks. And before I introduce the people that's going to help me navigate this ship, let me tell you how you could participate with the show. You could participate as usual by reaching us via email. That's Road to Damascus. That's Road the number two, damascus at iCloud.com. Or you can find us on social media. We are on Instagram as well as Twitter. Or now it's called X, I believe. It's a big black X on my home screen. So it's no longer Twitter, but it'll always be Twitter to me. Mama, mama named the Twitter. I'm going to call him Twitter. Uh, so we're on Instagram as well as Twitter. Um, we're on threads. And we are on TikTok. Give us a follow. Give us a shout out. Tell us how much you love the show, how much you don't. But any feedback is appreciated. And now, on to the show. With us today is our returning champion. Um, I'm not going to give her the same great intro I give her because she had me waiting about a whole 90 minutes for her to get here. So, on top of being the sage of sage, the seer of seer, the prognosticators of prognosticators, she is also the procrastinator of (laughs) unknowns. Say what's up to the people, Rabbi. Say what's wow. up to the people.
1: <laughs> this what we doing?
0: <laughs> no, I'm teasing with you. It's all love. It's what's all love. Everybody? It's all love. Uh, it's just me and the Rabbi today. But I, I'm going to say this. <clears throat> I think Stefan will be making a return and will be consistently returning. Me and him had a conversation. And I think somebody who he didn't know listened to the show. He's mm-hmm. like, oh, I love the show. You haven't been on in so long. And he was like. Like, B really got something going on here. People be listening. Uh-huh. I said, yeah, bro. I said, see, you add something, and then when somebody tell you you ain't been on there, you start feeling some type of way. Right. I said, so, you come know. Come
1: on home, Steph. Come
0: on home. So, um, so how you doing today, Rabbi?
1: You know what? I'm, I'm okay. Okay. Uh, it's It's been a week.
0: It's been a week.
1: It has definitely been a week, but, you know, the fact that I have- a little bit of range of motion and I can look to the left and the right a little bit. I'm going to take that as it's God still guiding for me. Victory. Yeah. I take small victories. I celebrate small
0: wins. Victory is mine. Yeah. Victory is mine. Victory today is mine. You went way Oh, back. I'm sorry. I told Satan. Get thee behind. Get thee behind. Yes. Victory today is mine. So how's God been guiding for you, Rabbi? Uh,
1: you know what? I had a, since he put out there that I was late. Um, <laughs> I was late because I was having a conversation with uh, with my bonus son, the, the okay. oldest one, and he, he was coming to pick up a dish that he asked me to make for him, and we just started talking about God, and he had questions. And I appreciate the Holy Spirit so much because he has answers. You know what I mean? We we don't have anything, but the Holy Spirit has answers. And so we were just going through this exchange with God, you know, about God. And if you've never done that with your children, you have no idea the, the, the gratification that comes with hearing your children talk to you about God or when they come to you to ask you about God, cause we don't ask people for things that we don't believe they have. And when your kids come to you to ask you about God, it is because they have seen a relationship between uh, you and God. And so we just started talking and, and he was answering questions and the, and the time just got away. And then he said, you know what? I, I, I think I'm ready to be baptized. And I blacked out like time just stopped. Um, And I think we all have to kind of take those moments when you encounter someone and you're having those conversations about Jesus because you're planting seeds.
0: Absolutely. And
1: sometimes, you know, (laughs) just going to (laughs) sound crazy. But, you know, your hole got to stay sharp because you never know what kind of ground you're going to have to break up and till in the moment so you can plant those seeds.
0: Absolutely. Keep that hole sharp. Hey! (laughs) And plus you trying to make me look bad because now I knew why you was late. Yeah, but now I know people you knew. people not gonna be like, Oh, he tried to call her out and she's sitting there preaching the gospel. Ain't this what y'all doing on the podcast? See, I see what you're trying to do. No, you're he trying to undermine me. why I'm
1: late. If I'm not here, he
0: knows why You trying so, to yeah. undermine me and my authority. No, I'm just what you He own one today, y'all. <laughs> no, that's beautiful. No, I um congratulations. I I'll be uh praying for for him. Absolutely. And uh, hopefully next week you'll be telling us how well that went.
1: Oh, yeah. Ab- definitely. Definitely.
0: Absolutely. So um, how's God been gotten for me? Um, so last week, um, I kind of mentioned it on the podcast, but following the show, um, I had through a, an event for my family, uh, the cousins. It's quite a few of us. A um, bunch of them. And um, it was something that. God had been putting on me to do for a long time. Um actually wanted to originally start this pre-COVID. Then COVID hit and pretty much wiped out two years, 2020 and 2021, for the most part. Um, so things have kind of really bal- finally balanced itself out where we can do something like that. But very good turnout, a lot of love, a lot of um, fellowship, and just um, I believe this is the beginning of something special that's going to happen because we're going to try to do at least three to four a year, you know, because I, I don't expect everybody to come to every single one, but you know that that time to come together and heal some wounds and to come together and love on each other and make sure the kids know who their cousins are, build those relationships up. Together we stand, divided we fall. Absolutely. So it was a beautiful thing. So I, I thank God for that and – that's how God has been guiding for me this week.
1: I was just wondering. Yes, ma'am. As like an honorary cousin. Yes. If, if I'm going to get an invitation to one of these events.
0: So, yeah, you you well, yeah, let me yeah. tell you something. I'm going to invite you. And then you're going to be the celebrity. I'm be like, is that, is that oh, the no, rabbi? No, They're going to be like, I just want to touch the hem. No. Mm-hmm. The hem of the <laughs> garment. Because she's wearing her God is God shirt. So it's just be like, if I could just touch the hem. Of the garment. You know what? We should start selling the God is God t-shirts. We should. I think that's what we got to talk to I'm our already,
1: supply. I'm already, hey, I'm already on top
0: of that. We about to start selling these God is yeah. God and t-shirts. And if you
1: want a shirt that says God is God, and reach out.
0: Roll to Damascus yeah. at iCloud.com mm-hmm. with your t-shirt size, and we're going to start doing God is God in t-shirts. God out here, God in t-shirts. Absolutely. Just came to me just like that. Cause he out here God.
1: Yeah. Or if you want one that says jeans, gym shoes, and Jesus.
0: holla at us. And we'll have next show. We're going to have how much they will cost Cause it'd be different for depending on the size, but we got to talk to our supplier and we'll get back with y'all. Let's do it. All right. So on to the show, Rabbi. And I think we kind of had a conversation before when, you know, the stuff came out about Carl Luntz and, uh, Hillsongs Church. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted, because over the last, i say, four or five years, we have really seen um, within the church community these, I wouldn't even just say mega church pastors, because not all of them are mega church pastors, but I would call them the celebrity pastors, have really been on the forefront as far as, negativity, um, polarization within the body. You know, when you, when you have that level of being known, not everybody's going to like you, which not everybody should like you. Cause if everybody like you, that mean you're not doing something right. But we've just, um, for the last 50 years in the church, and I probably would say, would you say it probably started with Billy Graham?
1: I think that's a good, good place to start.
0: Right. And I, and, and, when I say Billy Graham, I'm just talking about celebrity mm-hmm. where he was just like everybody knew Billy Graham, black, everywhere. white, international, everywhere. And 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 then through the years, we've had other well-known um, celebrity ministers, pastors that have um, come up upon us. And whether after they pass away or while they're living, we find out negative things or positive things about them they are very polarizing within the body of Christ. And my thing is is there at some point Shonda should we start to cool on the celebrity pastors?
1: You know what I in in my mind every every time I hear you say celebrity pastor it it translates in my mind to pastors that want to be celebrities.
0: Okay. So then I'll call it that then.
1: Because I I think that's part of the issue. You have pastors. Your your charge is the good news. You know, you are charged with bringing the good news, introducing people to Jesus. Um, but they want to be celebrities, so they want to rub elbows with, with the rich and famous. They want to rub elbows with people who they think are important. For me, that is... At first, a heart issue. Your heart is in the wrong place because the ultimate celebrity would be Jesus. So if you're going to rub elbows with somebody, it should be the person who is responsible for you having the platform that you have in the first place. But you want to rub elbows with people who have a lot of money. The problem with that is once you get to that level the light at that level exposes who you really are.
0: We're eleven fifty into the show, sir, show folks, and uh, Shonda already hitting us with that. Yeah,
1: people want they want to be in the spotlight so that they could be seen. They don't realize that this magnitude of light, you really are seen. Who you really are is what's seen and what is exposed is that you don't have the character that matches the call. You want people to believe that you have, which is why you so comfortable in that environment.
0: Because your whole preparation has been to be the celebrity Mm -hmm. and not to be the pastor. So it's like, once you start to get that notoriety, once you start to get that, um, level of fame, Mm -hmm. And you
1: get though you convince those people to sow into your, you know, into your ministry. So now, you know, you start to look, you know, wealthy. You go into extreme debt trying to draw people who have a lot of money. You know what I mean? Charisma can only take you so far. Like being charismatic won't get you what the, only the glory can. It just won't do it. It's one thing for people to applaud you. It's another thing if heaven will applaud.
0: <sighs> so what we've seen, and, it, and it's basically men because I guess men are the only ones allowed to be pastors. But um, what we've seen with these men and their shortcomings um whether it was Jimmy Swaggart crying after being caught in the red light district, whether it was, uh, was it John Baker, Jimmy, Jim Baker, Jim Baker mm-hmm. after he had, uh, um, uh, mess with the young lady. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it was Carl Luntz who was discovered, whether it was John Gray and his, um, indiscretions, indiscretions that have, come to light and then um a a plethora of other Mm -hmm. um male celebrities and the reason i bring up this particular point is because we know that men who reach a certain status Mm -hmm. basketball football entertainment um music whatever it may be um acting they have access to people that they normally wouldn't have access to. Mm -hmm. And because they now have access to people they normally wouldn't have access to, people want access to them. So do you think that the fact that now they've started to live this lifestyle lends itself to doing the things that people who are normally in those lifestyles do? Because we don't say anything about football players, basketball players, rappers, rock and roll stars, actors, who, who who engage in infidelity, we
1: expect it. I mean, that's what they're supposed to do. You know, if you're not out here, if you are not out here just naming the name of Jesus, if you're not out here just proclaiming Christianity, your, your, your behavior is, is not surprising at all. You are doing exactly what your father tells you to do. Because either you are on the Lord's side or you're not. And people don't like that kind of truth they just don't like it. It it interferes with their pattern of thinking. It interrupts how they perceive themselves. It it messes with their Christian identity when you tell them God said if you love me, keep my commandments. C- clearly these are none of the commandments. So you really don't love him like you say you do. That that bothers people. It bothers them immediately. Truth. Oh yeah. So um yeah, I think, you know, they want access. You can get into the parties. You know, you, you get the invitations, and then people start looking at you, and you are riding on the anointing of the people that you've been trying to please. So people think that they can have the same access with you that you have with those people, but you don't. You, you don't. You're not the one with the access, but you're standing real close to, to the person who is. You're you posed up on, on pictures with the people who really are, are famous, the people who are really celebrities. You are seen next to them, so people who don't know, they, they don't know that, that you don't have it. You look like you have it, but you don't have it. The problem with that is you can ride for a little while for free. Eventually, you're going to have to pay for all these free treats you've enjoyed. That's how um, all these famous people, they end up broke. You know what? They, they come into the music industry and they get this check and they think they're about to get all this money and and they're having a good time. You know, they getting cars and they, you getting picked up. They got chains and, you know, you got all these they popping bottles and then you get this check and it's for $2.52. Like, wait. I signed this contract for $250,000. Yep. And we paid your stylist. We paid the hairstylist. We, you know, we paid all these cars you was riding in. We paid for that. All that stuff wasn't free. And for pastors and people in ministry who do it, you don't realize the taxation on your soul. And you're going to have to pay it whether you want to or not.
0: Bishop Mordo on Dr. Strange. MCU fans out there said the bill always comes. So yeah. So another thing that we've seen Shonda, whether for the good or the bad, I would say is whatever the, the flavor or the tone that these um, pastors that want to be celebrities do is it causes a trickle down effect, whatever they're preaching about now starts to become our local assemblies because they see the, the local assemblies see what's famous, what's popping. Mm-hmm. And now that's when you start to have, you know, like when you have a church with 10,000 people in it, mm-hmm. the chances of you having some people with some big money goes up exponentially. Right. Mm-hmm. So when you're doing money lines and you're saying, I want 10 people to give me $2,000, I want 100 people to give me $1,000. It's 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 a higher probability mm-hmm. that you have those type of people in there. But when you go to a church with 70 people, mm-hmm. the likelihood that you got that kind of people with that kind of money mm-hmm. as disposable income to them. Now, you don't tell them it's disposable because you're telling them it's for the gospel, it's right. for God. hmm but what we begin to see is we begin to see things like prosperity gospel trickle down to these smaller churches. What, what we begin to see is the the um, the faith heal movement trickle down, like the Benny Hens. Um, <laughs> you made a face with us. but you understand what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Um, you had the the um, what was the brother from the 70s that really started the prosperity gospel. Um, was it Brother Divine? Um, it's gonna come to me. Okay. But um, but yeah. So we've noticed that negativity that happens. Mm-hmm. What I would call it, and some people might not call it that. But it's like, oh, that you know, that's the flavor of the week. So we got to try that flavor of the week. Would you agree with that?
1: I do think that a lot of the local ministries are influenced by um, things that they see. And they think, oh, well, it, it worked for them, so, you know, let me try it. And you you will have, you know, a few people in a, in a small congregation who um, will, will go in debt, you know, trying to live up to those standards. Um, or you'll have, you know, churches where the um, the congregation is in extreme poverty, but the pastors um, do their very best to live lavishly. And, you know, to our local assemblies, I say don't don't look at them and let their problems become your pattern Um, because they have an an income that is able to sustain them, even if they're getting it the wrong way. Um, And not many people actually have become famous or celebrity due to good works.
0: How how did they become famous and celebrity?
1: You know, some are famous and gain their celebrity from setbacks, failures, lies, infidelities, crimes, Um, you know, murders, their sins have made them famous, but we look past that because of the amount of zeros in their bank account, because we think the majority of people think if I had more money, I'd have fewer problems. So it doesn't matter who's putting the message out. My goal is just to have more money, having more money won't fill the hole in your soul. Having more money won't make you happy if you're not already a person who knows how to get happiness for yourself. Having more money is not going to fix that, which is why you can have a pastor in a great position of power with a whole lot of money who falls like Humpty Dumpty. It's not the money that will do it for you. Money is not going to help you if you have an issue with your soul.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. and And one thing that we have seen, to me, and I was going to bring this up in the question form, but the biggest thing to me that we've seen the largest influence with these uh, pastors that want to be celebrities over the last, I would say, 30-plus years, and we've talked about it a lot on this podcast, is their influence in the political circles um, and how they've influenced um, the way people vote, the way people think about voting, who people decide to vote for, who you should or shouldn't vote for. Um, you have people like um, Jerry Farwell, Jerry Farwell Jr., um, who has been very prominent in that. You have people like Kenneth Copeland, um, Paula White, um, who were big advocates, um, loud voices, um, Kenneth Hagan. Um, Some of the things that and to me, a lot of these voices really got loud when uh, President Obama was in office mm-hmm. and then we started to see it even um, magnify when um, President Trump became president. And you will see sprinkles of it during Clinton with the whole sex scandal and Bush 9-11 and things like that. But I would say probably since 08 is when you really started to see a lot of it um, showing its head um, with the first black president of this country. But um, what would you even say when it comes to even their influence in our politics?
1: I say say it like this. Pastors who marry um, politicians produce bastard children who no longer know where they belong. (laughs) You create a church full of people who they no longer know where to put their faith. So, because you have taken the pulpit that should be solely about God and Jesus, and you start preaching politics. You've started to tell people that who you check on the ballot is who's getting checked in heaven. And if you don't check this person, then it is a vote for the devil. What on earth is happening here? That should never be. People should not be sitting in there in their congregations, um, lifting up their hands to politicians, standing ovations in God's house to politicians. And shame on you when you create a congregation of people who don't know who they are lifting up their hands to. They don't know who to worship anymore. So, yeah, you create bastard children who no longer know where they belong in my humble opinion
0: in your humble opinion now let me ask you with the the three things we brought up the the infidelity the, the politics the influence on local congregations the the one thing that we notice is that a lot of times the local assemblies begin to um suffer because these people chase after the you know because at the end of the day a pastor just means shepherd Right. It, it is from the root word that means shepherd. It literally just means shepherd. Mm-hmm. Remember, folks, we try to teach what words mean right. as well on this show. So synagogue just means meeting place. Right. Rabbi just means teacher. And I didn't slip my mind. <laughs> it was just, um, Oh, pastor just means shepherd. Right. And when you are a pastor you are responsible for your flock. Mm-hmm. But when you become a pastor, that's a celebrity. Now your flock gets bigger. and You didn't even know that. And what you allow people to do is have an absentee relationship mm. because they can look at you as being their pastor, even though they don't attend your church and they never have to be held responsible by anybody for their actions because You are their pastor from 200 miles away, Mm -hmm. 300 miles away. So there is never a form of accountability that is upon them for their actions. Mm -hmm. And we don't discuss or even address that part. So what do you think about that?
1: I think there are a lot of people who sit at, at home and listen to pastors who want to be celebrities and they enjoy these messages so they adopt this person now this is my pastor you know i go to how have i heard to say it said? i go to uh bedside tabernacle you know where your your pastor is creflo dollar or td jake so whoever is is on the screen and you start to listen to them and you start to follow them and you start to send them your money. And there's no accountability. There's no relationship. There's no love between them and you. They're not watching for your soul. They have no idea who you are. And I think sometimes that people who are up or people who are in those positions have to really be careful about the message that you send out. Cause it may not be, The fact that you said something, it might be the 30,000 people who were influenced by what you said. You may realize that I've said the wrong thing and you go home and you can repent and you get that straight, you know, with God. But then the 30,000 people or the million people that some of them brag to say, the three million people in 70 countries who are watching you right now, they don't get the correction. What about their souls? It's your word that has influenced them the wrong way. Y- remember Manasseh? He was able to get himself together. The people could not. Who bears a responsibility? So when you want to be famous, you want to be a celebrity, that just opens you up to way more people. You are responsible for more souls. That means that you could acquire more blood on your hand.
0: Absolutely. And we, you know, the thing that we don't talk about, is because you never hear them say, listen, I know that there might be 70 million or 3 million watching me in 70 countries. Mm-hmm. But find you a local church, find you right. a church home, find you a shepherd in your own town. Right. If you're listening to my wor- words and my voice right now under the sound of my voice, mm-hmm. please go to your local assemblies. Yes. And, and submit yourself. But they never do that. They never say that. And it causes to me, that is the biggest thing because I'll be honest with you. I will see people leave service on Sunday. Then on Monday, they send in clips debating about a pastor of another church and a message he said. Mm-hmm. Have you even let the what you heard on Sunday from your pastor resonate in you? Mm-hmm. But now you're gonna debate about one line or one clip that another pastor did. Just go look up the sermon then to see what he said instead of getting into a debate. I mean, because you could yeah. play a clip. We, I could take a clip off this show mm-hmm. and just pop it on our Road to Damascus Instagram page and make you sound any type of way. And sometimes you do that. You you take a little clip and I've done it to make people like, wait, what? What are they talking about? Let me go listen. You understand mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So even from that standpoint, so it's but that that accountability piece that that having that person that you can go to who cares for you, that when you're not showing up, when something's going on, but you can't call him.
1: Right. They don't know that you are watching them or that they're playing in your very dark room while you are still laying in the bed with all the blinds closed because you can't bring yourself to muster enough faith to get out of the bed. They don't know that. They don't know that... I've watched you every week except the last one because I am struggling and dying inside and nobody knows. They don't know that. Choose you somebody who sees you, who knows you, somebody who's going to hold you accountable to the truth where you can't hide, where you can't fade into black. But people don't want to be challenged where they're wrong.
0: And they don't want to be held accountable.
1: No, no. They don't want anybody correcting them or or telling them, Bishop Jake's not about to correct you because he don't know you can't stop lying.
0: Right. He don't know. And, and, and what they don't even understand at a church, the size of Potter house, he has what maybe 10, 11 executive pastors. Right. That deal with the people
1: Mm -hmm. throughout the week. Yeah.
0: Jake's can't see 10,000 people. No. So even if you go to his church personally, how many times have you met Bishop Jakes?
1: I have not. I mean, you understand. I've been to Woman Thou
0: Art Loose, but you understand what I'm saying, like
1: it's so many people in that room that you you would never make it down far enough to get close enough to shake his hand. And the sad thing about it, the sad thing about it is that the only people who would probably get to shake his hand are those who write the biggest checks. that's the part that is the part that angers me and makes me a little bit emotional because you come in here you know hurting and feeling you know despondent and left out and you leave feeling the same way because you can't afford the prayer you can't afford the prophecy. You don't have enough money to get in the $100 line for them to speak to you. And we have just turned um, the ministry of, of God into um, commercialization. And the yeah. And you wondering why your table keep getting flipped over? Really? Where's the love for the people at? While you out here trying to be famous, what about the people in the local congregation who looking at you all the time? But you're trying to impress someone that you don't have the resources to impress anyway. Impress the Holy Spirit. Minister to the people that he put in front of you. Do that.
0: If you couldn't minister to a room with five people.
1: Giving you 500 is going to be like watching paint. You know, I always say I would tell my um, (laughs) students, if you can't make a point in 15 minutes, me giving you 35 is not going to help. It's not going to help. If you don't know how to get to the point of your message, giving you more time, it's just...
0: It's making it worse.
1: It's a train wreck waiting to happen. Another one of these things we just got to do is we got to... We really have to start paying attention to ability. We really do. Because we are putting people in positions who aren't able to bear the weight of those positions. They aren't able to function in those positions. And then we end up creating people who pursue fame and celebrity over souls.
0: Absolutely. So there, there, there was a time in this country that the average CEO made about $35 for every $1 Mm -hmm. that their employees make. I think that's somewhere around like $500 now. And you see the disparity Mm -hmm. CEOs haven't gotten better. More companies fail than they used to. Mm -hmm. A lot more people get laid off. We don't have manufacturing in this country. I mean, I can go on and on. We have seen with the exponential growth of celebrity pastors, we have more television networks that show more Christian television. We have more names that we know than we've ever known before. Maybe you're a little older than me, Shonda. Not much, a little bit. Name five names you would have known just off the top when you were younger. That like other than um we said the one, um uh I said his name at the beginning. These names it'd be so many names in my head. Uh the one who who was used to do the revivals. We just A bunch of people. No, the first one we said that would have been the first celebrity pastor. No, not Swagger. The first um why oh, I can't think of his name. The uh
1: The first celebrity
0: pastor? Yeah, the one who we said everybody would've known who he was.
1: And we can't remember. And we can't
0: even gonna... remember his name. <laughs> and we said it at the beginning of the podcast, and that's going to bother me. Um, uh, Billy Graham. Okay. Billy Graham. I'm sorry. Okay. There you go. So you could have named Billy Graham. Who else would you have known?
1: From back in the day? Yeah. Jesse Duplantis.
0: Jesse Duplantis. I watched him. Yeah. Kenneth Copeland. Kenneth Copeland. Lester Sumrall. Okay. Shambok. Um,
1: yep. R.W.
0: Okay, yeah. so, yeah, so I'm just saying. So, Ain't no black people on that list. No, it, w- well, it wasn't until Fred Price kind of was the first well-known. Um, but the reason I bring that up is now you, if I just say name, you start naming, like, you go Jakes, Noel Jones. You still go uh, Copeland's still around. Mm-hmm. Um, um, Juanita Bynum. Juanita Bynum, Paula White, um, John Gray, Joel Osteen. Um, I mean, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, Wayne, Cheney, um, uh, Clarence, McClendon. Yeah, I mean, you you start yeah. naming all, so the all of these celebrity pastors have grown. Well, no, but we're losing more. The church is losing more souls. Mm-hmm. So, so equating that to the business side, more money yeah. doesn't mean it's better. Just because the head is making more money, right. don't mean it's better for the bottom.
1: Right, because the currency for the church has never been money in the first place. It's always been
0: souls. And now these people done got more famous, but Going we're losing more, money. more souls. Yeah. So how do we stop that hemorrhaging? How do we stop that? What 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 needs to happen?
1: You know, we need to stop worshiping these people, first of all. We really need to we got to get back to the basics. We, we got We got to get back home. You know what I mean? We have gotten so far off, off of home base that these celebrity pastors look like the real deal because our vision is so distorted because we no longer looking at Jesus. We're no longer paying attention to the word. We don't care. People don't care about the word anymore. They care about how they feel. So I want to listen to somebody who does not interfere with the way I feel about myself. And I'll give you all of my money. We really got to. We've got to be in love with truth. We have to be in love with truth. You have to be in love with God. You've got to build a relationship outside of yourself. You've got to build a relationship with God that's not attached to your feelings that is not a, a, a attached to your your dis, disdain for authority. We've got to unlearn. I was telling um, TJ today, I was like, you know what? Establishing a relationship with God and going into the word for the first time is more of an unlearning than it is a learning. Because the deeper you go in, the more you realize you don't know. And you have to be willing to let go of all these things that you have learned while plugged into the matrix in order to see things as they really are.
0: He who gains knowledge gains sorrow.
1: Yeah. And you got to be able to sit in that sorrow in order to get that knowledge. People don't like that.
0: It's just astounding to me that we missed the forest for the trees, mm-hmm. as they would say, because we have propped these people up. And and the thing to me sometimes, Shonda, that um, me being a student of history and— Definitely. <laughs> And, and wanting to know the history of something, wanting to know um, all the, the factors that led up to that. Even when I read the Bible, I know the Bible isn't a history book, mm-hmm. but you can always notice a pattern. And we talk about like the spirit of Jezebel and we talk about the the spirit of line and the spirit of uh, Leviathan and the yep. spirit of Mammon and all these but we miss it when it comes to the spirit of the Sadducees and the Pharisees, mm-hmm. and how the Sadducees and the Pharisees and Gamaliel and all these big names and the the Sanhedrin and mm-hmm. they wanted to align themselves with Rome. Yeah, and Rome let them do whatever they wanted to do as long as they kept the people in check. And the thing was, Jesus put a a, a uh, a cog in that gear that it wasn't turning smooth no more. Mm-hmm. And remember they made it that Rome wanted to get rid of him because they was like, he's trying to talk about overthrowing the government because the Messiah, that's where his whole purpose is. So y'all need to get rid of him. And we have let history repeat itself mm-hmm. where these people, like, when I think about, I'm thinking about the chosen. When when these pastors are here, you say something they don't agree with. They want to call you out.
1: Mm-hmm. They want
0: to be public about everything that they do. Mm-hmm. See me pray in public. See me speak in tongues in public. See me do all of this yes. so everybody knows who I am. I'm not that person. I'm better than that. Wow. Look how I'm dressed. Mm-hmm. Look at these, these, these linens. You don't know until you've dressed in these silk, fine linens, these purples. Yeah. And y'all don't see that and think, this sounds familiar to me. This sounds a lot, a very familiar to me. And instead, y'all just let it happen. And then by the time it happens, you say, oops, yep. and, and you've already sank too far that you can't do anything about it. Mm-hmm. And we've let these people influence us to the point where, it has caused so many people to lose the faith, to walk out of the body, to not understand, because if I put all my faith in this person and they can't do it, then what makes me think that I can do it? Instead of this person telling you, don't put your faith in me, put your faith in Christ, because he'll never fail you. Right. Man will fail you. Every time. But God has never failed us,
1: Ever. and
0: Jesus will never fail you. Yeah. And they don't do that.
1: They
0: don't do. It. So don't final do it. few thoughts before we for before we wrap this up. You
1: know, every everybody may not see who they are. You know what I mean? You everybody might But not that's be because they you have it.
0: people around them. Like the one thing that I appreciate about our relationship is we can grind one another.
1: hmm
0: If we we can be honest with one another, if we see something, you tell me. Yeah. If I see something, yeah. I tell you. Same thing with Stefan, yeah. same thing with Lauren. We had that type of relationship. And it's this is, all love. And it's all love. Yeah. And it's never a because I know if you tell me I'm doing something or mm-hmm. you see something, you're not telling me because you don't like me. You're telling me because you love me. Right. And these people just want yes men around them. Not because they love them, but because they validate them. Mm-hmm. And because you have people around that validate you, you want to validate people and their feelings. Even though they're the wrong feelings because feelings change.
1: You already know how I feel about that. It is not my job, you know, to validate you in your folly. You know, that's that's not my job. That's not my job as your friend. That's not my job as your sister. And I'm not going to do it. I'm willing to risk you being mad at me to prevent you from jumping off this cliff. And most people don't have that. And if you are sitting there and you are in this in this congregation or you watching it on TV and you can't see it it is because you have been seduced to sleep. The Bible says if the gospel be hidden it is hidden to them who are lost whom the god of this world has blinded their minds that they can no longer see the truth. If you can't see it you need to ask yourself the question. Have I been seduced to sleep? And your answer is going to be yes.
0: So how do they get unplugged?
1: You got to be snatching cords out. You know (laughs) what I mean? There's no way to politely unplug. You really got to want it. You really have to want it. You've got to be so sick and tired of things being the way they are that you won't change. Because nothing changes until something changes. And no freedom is ever given to anyone until the truth is exposed. So you have to be willing to hear the truth. 'Cause nothing else is gonna make you free. Nothing. You can sit in a lot for years until that truth comes sliding through the dancery, you're never gonna be free. So people have to be willing to speak the truth. Those who have it have to be willing to speak it. You've Gotta be risk everybody being mad at you. You gotta be able to you gotta be willing to risk losing the people who are in your congregation. You gotta be able to you gotta be willing to risk losing those who are tithing to you. Tell them the truth. Anything that can be destroyed by truth should be.
0: Jesus had over 5,000, and that's just the men who were following. That's just the men. Yeah. And when he started to tell them hard truths, Mm -hmm. that congregation dwindled. They booked up. And he only had 12. And he was cool with that same 12. It was really more than 12, but he had his, let's just say 20 to 25. Mm-hmm. That just stuck with him. And he was cool with that.
1: Couldn't find nobody greater to stick with. <laughs> I'll tell
0: you that. Sometimes sometimes following the crowd is following them to destruction. And sometimes leaving the crowd is leaving your blessing. Ooh. You just got to know the difference. <laughs> <laughs> Hit that for myself. Yes. Hit that for the m- so you know what time it is, Rabbi the block is hot the block is hot the block is you don't have nothing today
1: nope not not this time
0: okay so and i know this gonna sound like a broken record but i have to go here okay i have to go here uh former president trump was given his third indictment this week. And this uh, particular indictment is a little bit different than previous ones because this particular indictment um, stems everything of basically the conspiracy that he had in place to try to stay in the office. And, um, it's, it's very riveting information. um, and and the funny thing about it to me, Shonda, is you had um, Mike Pence, uh, super Christian. I don't be in room with other women by myself. Mike Pence, um, basically, said what Trump's lawyers tried to get him to do, um, and things like that. And 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 the the question that I keep asking Shonda, and the question that I need answered, is where is why is there such a thunderous silence because like I I said on this podcast before on the block is hots before on previous, just full episodes, people were shouting from the rooftops about who this man was. They were shouting from the rooftops about what he was called to do. And they told us he was going to get reelected, not in 24, not in 28 in 2020. And we didn't call them out as false prophets. I know names. I can call names if I wanted to. I have friends of mine, people I call friends, people I love, people I listen to who told me I should vote for this man and told me why I should vote for this man. And now they are very silent about everything that he's done that has come out since then, things that we saw, found out he was doing while he was president and the things he's done post presidency. And he's done nothing but blame others, lie, and all of this. And and now it's getting to the point that, just like most federal cases, he didn't throw so many people under the bus now that they like, (laughs) I'm not going to jail for this dude. This is what happened, this is what happened, and this is what happened. But the thing that still perplexes me is that people are silent because one thing that, We claim to be is, you know, we claim to be for justice, and we claim to be for right, and cops died. Yeah, cops died. Where's the Blue Lives Matter people at? Y'all are silent. They had Congress people locked away trying to kill them. I mean, all of this. Y'all are very silent. And it's just, to me, I just want the same energy because I was made to feel some type of way. Shonda kind of mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, if I checked it for anybody but Trump That was a check for the enemy And now That we found out who the real enemy was I see he really didn't have any friends So Just saying The DMs is open The emails is open I'll even let you come on the show And talk about it But just keep that same energy Cause that energy done left right by It's gone you got that energy, too, didn't you?
1: I did, but you know me.
0: Just saying, just saying. And even some people have been taking down certain posts. Wait, wait, what's going on? What's going on? So was the Holy Spirit lying to you the first time or, the, or afterwards? I'm sorry. Lord, forgive me. He's not sorry. <laughs> I'm not. He's not sorry. I'm not. <laughs> Great conversation today.
1: You know what? It's always good talking to you.
0: The pleasure is all on this side of the table. Yeah. You ready to close this out?
1: I am. Before I close this out, I want to say something. And I think if I say it right here, we you might be pushed into doing it a little faster. Oh. I think that you and I should do, that we should go live on the show. And what <laughs> I mean by that is I think either Instagram, YouTube, or Facebook. Okay. Should do the show live. We should let the people know, like, hey, this day we're gonna do this show live, so you can interact with us, engage with us, ask your questions on the spot. Okay. Before we do an in-person live
0: show. Okay. I think we, we will. Do we we we'll, we'll put that in a. Okay, we're gonna put that on the calendar. Yeah, Now that thing. you didn't call me out on yep. the on the show, I can't. <laughs> I can't. You know. So y'all we hit them
1: up in in the yeah, you know. Yeah. No, on, we'll, on we'll do that, and
0: we'll have an interactive show. Yeah. Maybe bring some people in with us to conversate. Um, so, we, yeah, we'll put that together and uh, see what we can come up with. Thank you, Rabbi. Appreciate yeah, that. Yeah. See, shirts and uh, live shows. Hey, there you go. You know,
1: don't try this at home. Don't though. try this at
0: home. <laughs> <laughs> so let me, uh, you ready to close this out?
1: Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm going to go to uh, Numbers chapter 14 and Moses and Aaron are having this conversation because the children of Israel have, you know, proclaimed you brought us out here in in the wilderness to die. And, um, and God was so angry with them that he was just, you know what? I'm going to just kill them. I'm going to kill them all. Let me just kill everybody. And Moses says to him, he's like, well, if you kill everybody, the Egyptians are going to hear about it. Um, you know, they're going to hear about how your power, you brought them out. Um, how you were in the midst of them. And then they're going to tell all the inhabitants of the land about it. You know, they've already heard about you, Lord, that you're with these people, that you've been seen face to face by Moses, that your cloud is over them um, in the the daytime. And then there's a pillar of fire by night to protect them. And if you kill all of them and you don't leave any of them alive, then these nations who have heard this good report about you are going to say that you weren't able to bring them into the land that you promised him. So you killed them out in the wilderness. Now, may the Lord's strength be displayed just as you have declared. Now, listen, it doesn't matter what you do. People are going to talk about you. They're going to proclaim what you have said. A lot of people um, being famous or being a celebrity is just a lot of people learning your name and talking about things that you have done or said. So if you're going to pursue fame and if you're going to pursue celebrity, let it be for winning souls. Let it be for pointing people towards the truth. Because John 12:45 says, for they love the praise of men more than the praise of God. And whenever you find yourself in that situation, a loss is inevitable and great will be the fall of it.
0: Great job. Great job. So I'm going to close with this. First Timothy three, one through seven says here is a trustworthy saying. Whoever aspires to be an overseer desires a noble task. Now the overseer is to be above reproach, faithful to his wife, temperate, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not given to drunkenness, not violent, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. so that he will not fall into disgrace and into the devil's trap. Now, when I read that and when I think about that and when I meditate on that, I'm going to be honest with you, Rabbi, and I'm going to be honest with you, listeners. I don't know a lot of people that fit that qualification. And it's unfortunate because they might be all of them things, but I didn't see how some of y'all families operate. And it ain't what you think it is. Faithful to his wife. We just named about seven pastors that weren't faithful to their wives. And this isn't about somebody being better than somebody else or somebody not having the self-control, me thinking I'm better than somebody else. The rabbi, anybody that's ever been with this show, thinking we're better than somebody. But the calling is different. The qualifications are different. I'm not a doctor because I don't have the qualifications to be a doctor. I'm not a pilot. Because I don't have the qualifications to be a pilot. And unfortunately, a lot of you all are pastors that don't have the qualifications to be pastors. And with that being said, I want to thank you for listening to another episode of The Road to Damascus, where it's not about the road, it's about the journey. And until next time, I want to thank you for listening. Love you and God bless.